Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, October 4th. I'm Mark Dent here with Rob Litterst, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. When you think about merchandise and entertainment, you probably think about Disney's unending supply of shirts and stuffed animals for Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, maybe some people from the Avengers, etc. They have limitless characters and limitless products. Maybe if you grew up in the 80s or the 90s, you also had action figure toys from summer blockbusters. Well, that type of business is actually quite lucrative, and now Netflix wants in. Our top story today is about how the streaming giant is attempting to capture more revenue by selling merchandise for its original content. But first, let's run through today's top headlines in the world of business and tech. Starting off, some good news on the job market. Job openings unexpectedly rose in August, according to new data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. There were approximately 9.6 million employment vacancies in August, which was a 700,000 increase from July. Moving on, this is the week that Microsoft and Google's rivalry is heating up. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella was this week's star witness in the Fed's antitrust trial against Google. He testified for hours about how Google made it hard for, well, measly $2.4 trillion companies like his to compete. Nadella said some pretty shocking stuff. He called, for instance, the internet the Google web. Okay, so the funniest part about this to me is that Microsoft has a bigger market cap than Google. (laughs) So it's like literally like the bigger company is complaining about the smaller company bullying them. The other thing is, I think their rivalry has been heating up for a little while now as AI has really been ramping. I mean, Microsoft is super, super tied into open AI. I think they almost own 50% of the company. Google, on the other hand, has Bard AI and is trying to kind of challenge open AI. And I think they're having a pretty tough time So I only expect this testimony to further pit these two against each other. Yeah, Nadella said he would be willing to lose up to $15 billion a year if it meant that Apple would make Bing the default search engine. Wow. So they want into that search market, even though they're already very big. Yeah, I can't believe Bing is a multi-billion dollar business. I mean, that just shows you the power of being kind of embedded within this absolute mammoth of a technology company. I mean, Bing, something that most people laugh at is kind of like a search engine joke is worth billions and billions of dollars. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Speaking of companies that might be worth billions of dollars, or at least were at one point, WeWork shares slid 25% after the company said it won't be making interest payments that total $95 million. Lenders are wondering where their money is at. The rest of us are just wondering how WeWork still exists. (laughs) <laughs> Up next, Chipotle is collaborating with restaurant automation startup Hyphen to test out new technology. The chain is going to have humans assemble their burrito bowls and salads out front for customers. But back there in the kitchen, it's going to be different. They're going to have robots whipping up the online orders, which in fairness are kind of like the bane of every restaurant's existence, especially those like Chipotle. Robots, they're coming. Yeah. Sweetgreen acquired a company called Spice two years ago Mm. that assembles salads without human involvement. This video that I was just watching on the Wall Street Journal about Sweetgreen 
was talking about the first store that they have that's totally robot operated. And it only allowed them to cut back their human hires by a third, which I would have thought that they'd be able to cut back hiring way more than just 33% if robots are putting all the food together. If the robots are only cutting down your hiring by a third, are they really worth it? So I'm assuming they were super expensive to implement. Well, a third is still a lot, let's keep in yeah. mind. So if that happens across the board, that's, I think, what I'm worried about and what a lot of people are worried about. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So we'll change subjects here to a place that we don't think of with high tech. We think of it with some of the lowest tech, which is Macy's. They're trying to change their course. Macy's plans to open 30 stores in strip malls over the next two years, believing that these suburban kind of strip mall centers are going to be better than the old fashioned malls. And finally, Taylor Swift. NBC said that Sunday's Chiefs versus Jets game, which was attended by Taylor Swift, of course, averaged 27 million viewers. That's the most watched game since February's Super Bowl and quite a bit higher ratings for 12 to 17 girls than the previous three weeks of Sunday night football. So there was quite an impact. All right, well, let's move on to our top story, which is that Netflix is turning up the volume on its merchandise business. We know that Disney has had merchandise forever. Summer blockbusters would always have their action figures. They'd partner with Taco Bell and McDonald's to give out toys and things like that. But now Netflix wants in. So Rob, what's going on here? Am I going to be able to get like a Frank Underwood action figure from House of Cards? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to come to fruition. But if that's out of the realm of possibility, I think there will definitely be other selections. So honestly, I've been waiting for Netflix to go the merch route. It seemed like a natural next step for them to really double down on their biggest franchises and start serving some of their super fans with stuff outside of the content that they're actually watching. So far, Netflix has made a few things. So there's a Stranger Things t-shirt emblazoned with the Hellfire Club, one of its best-selling products so far. They've created a line of bridal dresses based on Bridgerton, huh. which is set to debut this December. And this is genius. It's priced at one and a half to three thousand dollars. They also have a Squid Game bare brick sculpture that's two feet tall and costs six hundred and seventy-five dollars. So these, I think, are kind of items for like real super fans, and and that's where I think the line between them and Disney is a little bit different. I think because everything that Disney has made, at least until recently has been animated, it lends itself so well to merch. Action figures, t-shirts, all that sort of stuff that you can kind of impose those characters on in your day-to-day life. Yeah. To me, the the difference between Disney and Netflix here is that Disney didn't have all that many characters. You know, they had Mickey Mouse, they had Donald Duck, these characters who you would just pop up in everything and then they'd pop up again and again. Whereas Netflix, their whole business model is to just have a ton of content, is to just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And, And they've obviously dialed back a little bit for financial reasons lately. But I don't know. I I wonder for something that just produces stuff over and over and over, can you really have these same like really sticky characters that Disney has had? See, that's exactly what I'm wondering about here. And it brings up an interesting point because one other thing that Netflix has done is it started to launch in real life experiences like a Bridgerton ball or an immersive squid game experience. And I think those are really, really interesting. I think the kind of impetus for this is they've been burned before not having merch. When Jenna Ortega's dance in Wednesday, the Wednesday Adams series, went viral, fans of the show rushed online to buy merch and Netflix didn't have any merch to serve them. So they totally missed out on sales for all the unofficial t-shirts, toys, and bags swirling around on social media. 
that kind of an opportunity, I think, is something that could happen all the time for Netflix if they're prepared. And going forward, they are planning to be prepared. So they have a live action show called One Piece coming out. And even before One Piece goes on the air, they have already struck partnerships with retailers to make sure that they have merch ready 18 months in advance. And that includes sweatshirts and t-shirts with Zara, a clothing drop with PacSun. I completely disagree with a lot of the parts of fast fashion. Companies like Shein need to figure out how their model can work in a more sustainable world. But clearly, it's very easy to create merchandise like t-shirts and clothes in a very short amount of time, just seeing what those companies are doing. And so for a company like Netflix, I think at the very least, they should be testing these things to see what sells, what doesn't, and then double down on the things that are doing well. Yeah. And obviously the risk here is they could very easily be invested in merchandise that isn't always a hit. However, that's not really all that unusual. When I was talking about the summer blockbusters earlier, sometimes they didn't become blockbusters. There are Battlefield Earth action figures available to this day on eBay. Battlefield Earth was a 2000s action movie with John Travolta that was just a complete bust. I mean, it cost tens of millions and did nothing. And there are a lot of moments in history where we've seen huge merchandise rollouts only for like the actual movie to come out, just be a complete failure. Totally. So, I mean, Netflix might see some of that happen to it as well. I think that's the risk here. And I think it's kind of like taking a page out of the Amazon book, but just like being willing to fail, just like throwing a lot of experiments out there, knowing that some of them are not going to hit like the fire phone and knowing that some of them are going to go crazy. And I think Netflix probably has the capital to test some of those experiments on a small scale and see what works and just go from there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping they do it for every series. I mean, I'm talking about the deep cuts. Oh, yeah. This isn't a deep cut, but imagine if they had put out chessboards for Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit sent the entire world, or maybe just America, into a chess frenzy. And honestly, I think Netflix could have reaped a lot of that if they were ready with Queen's Gambit merch. Yeah. All right, Netflix. That's some low-hanging fruit for you. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. So if you're not subscribed, please go get signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we will catch you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.